Hello, and welcome to Permission to Be. Tommy here. Um, this is part two of our conversation with Corey Leak, and quite frankly, this part is probably my favorite part. So if you haven't listened to part one, it's a great setup there, um, and I'm just excited to share this with you. So we'll pick back up where we left off with the public service announcement. Hello, and welcome to Permission to Be. I'm your host, Becca Epley, joined today by my good friend and co-host, Tommy Allgood. Permission to Be exists to be a space of hope for those journeying to find their true, authentic selves. We hope that the story shared here will inspire you on your own journey and help you unlock the permission to be who you have always truly been. Dear white people, public service announcement. I don't care if your if your family, your ancestors treated enslaved people good. That 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 gives me no comfort. So please stop saying it. <laughs> we, 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 you know, my family was benevolent to the people that we owned and treated as cattle. That, that's just I, crazy. You, I, you won't believe how many times I have heard that from well-meaning white friends. Just stop. Just don't ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so like um but it's a, it's such a privileged thing to say yes there's so many things that like you know privilege gives you even the gumption to say out loud is because you have the privilege to do so yep no one connected to slave ancestors is comforted by the fact that their slave ancestors were treated decent. Mm. None of us. None of us go. Oh, okay. I feel so much better now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. None of us sigh and, and are relieved at that. Or when people go, well, you know, black folks own slaves too. Like you just like, okay, I just can't. Like, I can't. I can't with. I just. I can't do that. White people, we are all human beings, mm-hmm. and the fact that our lineage. Excuse me, our lineage. I can't say that word, lineage. Lord bless it. More syllables yeah, to it to make right? it more profound. I've been in North Carolina for six years and all of a sudden I'm going Southern. Jesus help me. Um, <laughs> there are actual scientific studies coming out. We talked with Dr. Hillary McBride, and there is actual scientific evidence that says. No matter if you believe, air quotes, that you are racist or you're anti-racist, that that is actually passed down, that lineage is passed down in our genes. And they're finding Mm. this to be true. And Mm. that is why it is so important to have a personal awareness because there may be times where you're tired and you're not thinking and all of a sudden you slip into this mindset of what you were raised in white culture. I'm not trying to say you're a bad person. I'm saying it is your moral obligation, not as a person of faith, but as a human being to have Mm -hmm. an awareness of those Mm -hmm. thoughts and not to persecute yourself when you have those thoughts, but be aware and consciously make a choice to say, that's not correct to yourself. 
And that is something that we will need to do for the rest of our lives. And I don't believe that our generation will ever, this generation, hundreds of years from now, we will still have this in our DNA. It's not that if we ever get to a point of living in an equitable country and there still will be people of those generations. It will be a long time coming. And I don't say that to be discouraging. I say that because community, a human community, it is our obligation and obligations aren't bad. It's what connects us. Yeah, for sure. So this Black History Month, if I could send you away, if we could send you away with any piece of advice, um, let's get close to people, get close to people of color, get close to black and brown people, the people who are not, are not your default and not just get close, but experience them in all of their fullness, be proximate, Mm -hmm. but, and, and, and begin to create new narratives uh, that help you understand and see the divine in each Mm -hmm. other. So Corey, something that, um, is a new space for me to learn about in the last several months is the difference between equity and equality. And I have been brought up that, you know, we just need to make everybody equal and it'll, it'll make everything okay. And once all the laws, which honestly, I didn't think were that many, I'm just going to be honest y'all. And up until two years ago, I was ignorant um, and living bliss in that way. And so I'd love for you to break down and just kind of talk about the differences between equity and equality and why in so many ways equity is what we really need to be focusing on. Yeah, the best the best um, sort of definition or explanation of that is that I've ever seen is, is there's a picture that's going around and there's a picture of these people standing outside of a gate to like a baseball game, mm-hmm. a fence, I should say, to a baseball game. And they are different heights and they're all standing on the same size box. And the taller person to the far left of the picture can see over the fence and see the game. But the other two standing on the same size box can't because they're shorter. Mm-hmm. And the, the, at the bottom of that picture, it says equality. Mm. There's a, another picture of the same people, same uh, tall to short people, but the shorter people have extra boxes under them so that they can see over the fence. Um, all the same, they're all still their same heights, but there's just different uh, size boxes underneath them that allows the shorter people to see over the fence in the same way that the taller person could. And then the third one I love the most is one where there's no fence at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those are, um, the, the, both of the latter two to me are, are where you're talking about equity because there is nothing we can do about the fact that America um, in, what was it? 1716, no it is. Um, is that, 1619? <laughs> I had this I had this math before, but in any case, it was 200 and now 244 years ago, I believe, uh, was declared, declared themselves a nation. Mm. And of those 244 years, 
only the last, I'll say 50, have black people been considered whole, completely legal human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's not even all across the nation. No. Mm-mm. Nope. So just two years ago, I was sitting with some black folks down in Florida whose school was went to segregated schools just 30 years ago in Tennessee. Yeah. So we are talking about neighborhoods where black people were not uh, were not able to buy property. They wouldn't even if they somehow had the money mm-hmm. neighborhoods would not sell the houses to black folks. Our president was involved in a lawsuit from the 70s where he would not rent to people mm-hmm. of color. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about equality, you could say, let's provide everyone with the same thing. It's like, let's give everyone the same amount of money. Well, if you give um, a person who grew up with money and grew up in a home where they talked about money and budgeting and they had yeah. great education, you give them a thousand bucks, it's likely that that thousand dollars is going to go further than giving it to a th- giving a thousand dollars to a home where mom's on drugs, dad's gone, and the kids have never been around money and they live hand to mouth. So mm-hmm. yes, you've given full amounts, but the e- equity says these people who have are living hand to mouth need more help from us than the people who have had the privilege of living in luxury. Mm-hmm. And that's what, to me, the, the conversation of equity and equality comes down to is understanding that, hey, we can't unscramble the eggs of racism in America. Yep. Like we can't unring that bell, it's happened. Slavery happened, Jim Crow happened. Mm-hmm. Those things happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now, what do we do about it to, to help people who've, who were denied education, denied the right to vote, denied the ability to own homes? Certainly higher education was super exclusive. I mean, if you're you're talking you're talking about getting into Harvard when Harvard first became a thing, like only the best of the best of white folks could get into Harvard. Mm-hmm. How the hell was anybody black ever going to get into Harvard? So, so when you're looking at things like that, it's like, hey, we 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 have to do things that don't just provide an equal amount, but that provide a a, a sense of help in stabilizing a community that was torn down uh, by white folks in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do it everywhere else. We, we bomb a place, what do we do? We go back, we, we spend millions of dollars, trillions of dollars, repairing their infrastructure, the buildings we tore down, we blew up all those sorts of things. But here in our own country, we have things like Black Wall Street that was just 1921, yeah. where white folks blow it up with the help of the federal government and never rebuilt it. Mm-hmm. And expect the people who live there to rebuild it themselves because they have an equal chance and an equal right to rebuild it themselves. And I just, I think that's, I think that we have to really look at equity as the goal yeah. and not just equality. Mm-hmm. In the part of a nation is more than you and me I know it's hard to be In the street I hear freedom cry My friend and mentor, Nakia, she um, 
she leads the possibility project charlotte mm. uh when we serve mm. on that board and one of the th- and i hope i'm not butchering it but one of the best things that i've heard is if you think about equality equality provides opportunity but when you add equity to that you're provided access Mm, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, could the, said, I could have said that. That's what. That's way. I'd have saved you all some time, <laughs> <laughs> right? And and so, in that analogy with the fence, the stepping stones, uh, the removal of the fence was the equity because it provided access mm-hmm. for those individuals to be able to enjoy what was on the other side or the baseball game. Mm-hmm. And so Dr. Dr. King said, what a cruel thing it is to say to a, a, a to pull yourself up by the bootstraps to a bootless man. Yeah. yeah. So when we're saying pull yourselves up by the bootstraps, <laughs> yes. do we even make sure that they have the boots in the first place? Do, do, or do we have access into these places exactly. it doesn't matter if it's equal if you don't have access to it in, in the first place it's not it, it, it's just all mute dr king talked about white folks in california uh, they gave a speech i think it was the um remaining awake through a great uh or no remaining asleep through a great revolution speech where he talked about um some white folks in africa i'm not africa in california who were given land farmland um, as a result of some sort of injustice that they suffered from generations prior. Uh, I just recently saw an article where a woman is still to this day receiving a civil war benefit from her great, great, because I don't know how many greats to go back to the civil war grandparents. Oh, um, so, so you, so this concept is not foreign. Anytime we are, we are talking about reparations, uh, equity, any of those things, when we're talking about people of color, and there are well-meaning conservative uh, white evangelicals who are talking about handouts. Um, it's not a foreign concept to repair what you mm. broke. No one's asking you to buy me a new window if you didn't throw a baseball through it. But if you throw a baseball mm. through my window, mm. yeah, I want you to yeah. fix it. Yeah. If your kid throws a baseball through my window, if your grandfather throws a baseball through my window and dies, yeah, I would like for you to fix it. I'm not asking you for a handout to say, fix my window that you broke. And I think that's what people need to begin to understand when we're talking about things that happened here in America that created mm-hmm. the system that we are living with. Like, it's it's not too much to ask that we all work. I mean, even saying that we all work to fix it is is benevolent of Black folks to say that. Racism is a like, problem, but white it's people. Not you shouldn't even have to ask. You shouldn't be even asking. You, mean, yeah. from, you think from a ju- like <laughs> we should just be. You should just be. If you think about it, even from from, yeah. from a from a Judeo Christian <laughs> perspective, the whole notion of of when we talk about sin, when we talk about missing the mark, it's about this rep- repairing the thing that was broken. Mm. And absolutely, but yet when it comes to repairing relationships. When it comes to repairing the damage done to people that we broke, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we want a hands-off approach yeah. to it. We want to forget Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, yeah. I think that the idea that a lot of white folks have about racism is that racism is about how I feel about you, it's how I relate to you. 
Um, that, you know, so, so in that regard is where white folks are so aghast when black people say things like, yeah, I can be prejudiced, but I cannot be racist. Mm. Because when we're talking about the ability to oppress people and the ability to put a system in place that says you're free now, but you can't stand outside or we're going to arrest you. Um, you're free now, but you can't vote. You can't own property, but you still can't be educated with us. You, you still have to live on that side of town over there. We're going to create environments that from which food deserts will yeah. rise, where where people of color are so impoverished and don't have access to to grocery stores and fresh food. And so you literally have poor black and brown communities where the people are slowly dying because they don't have access to healthy food. Mm -hmm. Not only do they have access to healthy foods, because there's no Whole Foods in the hood. (laughs) There's no Trader Joe's. You're not not talking about any places like that that are there serving, like selling that kind of food. And part of the reason they're not selling that kind of food is because you don't even have access to the kind of education that would let you know what you need to put in your body to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So, so, so when you're talking about dismantling racism, it has, I'm, I could give a shit if you like black folks, if you are not trying to do away with a system that is literally killing them. Yeah. Like I, I shake hands with all the black people on stage. You want to wash all the black people's feet. You want to on your stage, but if your church nonprofit, you as an, as an individual are not, either voting, talking, writing people, like doing the, I mean, the simplest, there's all of these friggin', um, uh petitions that go around that you don't even have to sign your name to. You just click sign, like participate in dismantling racism. I don't care about your gestures of, of niceties. If you continue to have these systems operate in front of your face that you don't challenge or say anything to. Well, white people are niceties. All that looks like is white saviorism. Like, just look what I did. That's all it is. It's not what it looks like. Mm -hmm. That is what it is. That is what it is. Tommy's right. Tommy's right. Let's just call it what it is. Let's call it. Thank you, Tommy. And it is not saving anybody. (laughs) No. Like, oh. Y'all, and and I'm not going to act sit here and act like I have never done any of these things I have and I'm still learning and we all have to keep learning you don't it's not an option to stop learning is there an example when you say that you've done so many things that like quickly comes to mind that you share I mean (laughs) I just think of even probably 18 months ago I'm sure I'm sure I can go back on social media and in Facebook and there are posts of like look I'm recognizing so-and-so and and they're doing this work and it Mm. didn't actually it wasn't Mm. actually helping somebody learn it just it's it's tokenism I think I've I've been very good at tokenism for a long time and even let's just call it what it is when Tommy when you and I were talking to Tina Strong the other night and you know she said you know I want to know 
you've done, you know, 23 podcasts. Am I going to be, she didn't say this specifically, but this is what went through my mind. Am I going to be, you know, I don't want to be a token. And I started really looking at permission to be's first year. And there is three black people, two Asian people, there two Latinx. And it really got me to thinking about that wasn't malicious tokenism, but yet I sat and I looked at the pictures of everybody, um, you know, three weeks ago or the end of the year, and I was really proud of myself for the diversity. Yeah, and you know what I hear in that, Becca, is a, is the opposite of tokenism is that it's, it's something coming from a natural place of, of real motivation from my soul that I have moved into a space where I naturally have these kind of conversations. When you're talking about becoming anti-racist, becoming more inclusive in how you operate and how you how you move throughout the world, you are talking about a lifestyle change. It's like when people will yes. will you know try to do these these gimmick diets mm-hmm. where you just go like you know or buy some pill um, that's going to like make me lose weight. No, you don't. You only lose weight when you commit to a mm-hmm. lifestyle of eating and exercise. Mm-hmm. And when you commit to a lifestyle of eating and exercise, guess what? You start shopping at Lululemon. You start going to CrossFit. You start paying attention to certain commercials. You start shopping at certain places. Your conversation changes. Who you're friends with changes. Everything begins to change when you make a commitment to a different Mm -hmm. way of being. And until people commit to a different way Mm -hmm. of being, you're just going to do the token stuff. It's like the new year's resolution where I'm going to get healthy this year. So January 1st to January 31st, you got a gym mm-hmm. membership and then the rest mm-hmm. of the year you're paying a gym membership. You never go. Yep. And like, you, you, it's just, that's a, until you make the commitment to say, I'm going to be and live differently in this area mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. It's all. Yeah. And I love, I love hearing you talk about the natural byproduct of saying, I became curious about this thing. I started reading. I started talking to people. I started asking questions of friends, but not wearing that out. Like the, if the only thing I'm doing is asking my black friends what they think about stuff, then you ain't doing the work. Like mm-hmm. use Google. <laughs> Buy, you know, I'm, these this day, there's a ton of people posting resources on, on social media that you can go to and go down the list and read those books and then ask mm-hmm. your black mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. There are people of color who are actually creating these whole um, experiences that you can do. Tina Strong, who we mentioned, does legacy trips. I love her, by yes. the way. So and we're going to get to talk to her in a few weeks. We're so honored to do that um, on the podcast. Yeah. And, um, oh, I cannot. Who created white homework, Tommy? Do you remember? The, so, um, Layla Saeed, the white supremacy handbook, white supremacy and me handbook, or... That's one, um, but there is somebody else who I follow on Twitter, which I am really just baffled that I cannot remember her name. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Make sure you check those out so that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is just it's uh, the resources. There's no excuse. The, just no, there's just there's no excuse, and white people, people of color are doing so much work for you. Like they're, it's tangible. Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just get heated up. Um, and not that I'm angry at other people. I'm not saying I'm angry at you if this is not the space you're in yet. And I want to use the word yet because as human mm-hmm. beings and as we grow and evolve and we've got to evolve, um, that yeah, we do. it just, it becomes a space that you have awareness to. It just, we have to live in community, my loves. We have to let, we have to see each other as human beings. It, 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 I don't think it's, it's not an anger thing, yeah, but sure. there's a, I think there needs to be stated that when you remain ignorant to the work, you remain a clear threat, a present threat and danger. Mm. Um, and so we are born in empire. We are born under an oppressive system Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so to to not to sit and think that that system is not in your dna as well white supremacy doesn't just oppress black people it oppresses white people 100 percent. and so Mm -hmm. yeah and it doesn't just recruit white people it recruits black folks as well like it's it's not something that is like you know it's not something this is like will only allow people to do its bidding if they're white, we got black folks running all over the place doing the bidding of white supremacy and always have. So it's, it's certainly not this thing that, you know, I, I love this space we're hitting on. It's like, it's not like, this is not about skin color. Mm-mm. You know, we're all born in the empire, like you said, and we all have it. It all affects us. It affects us in certain ways. I lived a long time of my life complicit in my own oppression by how I, how I allowed white people to talk to mm-hmm. me, what I let white off the hook for the things that I myself was saying, because I believed that Jesus trumped race in ways Mm -hmm. that were like toxic and uninformed and, and not even biblical. So we all like can be complicit in this in one way or another. And and it's, it is about evolving. That's so much of the human experience is is becoming this self-actualized person. So what is that Mm -hmm. thing that you are mm. that you are becoming. That what is what is that thing that is sitting in your in your spirit and how you're going to show up? You don't have to be on social media evangelizing about anti-racism. You don't have to have a podcast. You but how is it that you show up in the world to deliver mm. people? How free people, mm. free people, oppress people, oppress people. How are, are, are you choosing the side of the oppressor? And that's when I say you, I'm including myself in that. Are we choosing the side of the oppressor mm. or are we choosing to be the, on the side of the liberator and in relationship with one another that breathes life, that creates that self-actualization, that, that, mm. that delivers people from these systems yeah. of oppression uh, and creates this equity in all of us? So good. And white people, we're going to mess yeah. up. We are. Yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna fuck it up and like i just like i'm into it I like yeah it. I, you just have to know yourself like tommy was saying and just let that be and that's uh that's a hard lesson for me to learn i'm not sitting here saying i've learned that lesson it's still tommy's like it's okay to make mistakes he is a very good friend and tells me that all the time but, yeah mm, it's human to make mistakes it's, mm-hmm. and it's like and i don't i don't want us to panic like oh you just do this you just it's hot mm. it's hot yeah. <laughs> yeah. right yeah. It's, it's not <laughs> like everything in life is hard so it, mm. but yeah. anything when in life 
has there not been struggle and it been worth it? When you do, when you bring life into this world, when a woman brings life into this world, it's through blood, sweat, and tears. Um, anything mm-hmm. worth doing. When we a, a lifelong marriage, you you look back at the trail and it's riddled with blood, sweat, tears, pain, and struggle. Yeah, the things is. worth fighting for in this mm-hmm. world are hard to do, but we must show up. Yes. We, we are given the test. Do we choose the side of liberation or do we choose the side of oppression and for me that is what black history has become about it's this reflection period for myself of how am i showing up in the world how am i being a good ancestor and i think that we all are invited into that space yeah, yeah. Stuff. that's really good stuff i will stand everybody white homework is um by tori glass that's her or her yes yes tori glass you can go to toriglass.com t-o-r-i-g-l-a-s-s.com and her full name is tori douglas williams but she is um phenomenal to follow on all the social medias as well and has created white homework so Corey, thank you for spending time with us and just sharing a conversation oh man having me so so Corey, tell everybody what you're up to lately how they can find you how they can learn from you how they can be <laughs> well um i'm on uh social media so um i'm at Corey evan music on twitter from my musician days and i don't know how to change the twitter so that's just what it is <laughs> um and i'm on instagram um, probably the best place on Instagram to it would be to go to. Um, oh, I'll give you guys the podcast yeah. uh, for the show notes. The podcast would be a great place to stay connected. My social media is at Corey Evan Leak. Um, and yeah, just social media, I do a lot there. And you can also find me on Facebook by searching Corey Leak. And um, yeah, so I just, I'm working on a book now. Oh. Um, it's hard. Writing a book is hard. Writing blogs mm-hmm. is a lot easier because you just get your thoughts out there. And done, and you press send, and it goes out. But writing a book is hard, man. So I am, um, I am, uh, got a little bit of writer's block over the last couple of days or so. So um, you know, think about yeah. me and anyone who prays, pray because yeah. I'm doing it through this process of writing. And um, that's that's pretty much what's going on in my mm-hmm. life right now: podcasting, writing, mm-hmm. and trying to. And the name of your podcast is Exist- 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 Existential. Yeah, <laughs> Existential. Yeah, that's the name of it. I, I got tongue titled it. <laughs> so it I it you know, as y'all subscribe to permission to be, I highly encourage you to go subscribe to Corey's podcast, Existential. It just a plethora of information, um, but not just information experiences. And I, I think that listening to people's stories and experiences is one of the most sacred. Mm. Uh, spaces that we can be in and so 
uh, go learn from this brother. You will not mm-hmm. regret it. Thanks, man. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate being on. Thank you for joining us on Permission to Be. I'm your host, Becca Epley, and thank you to my good friend and co-host, Tommy Allgood. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and you'll never miss an episode. If you would leave us a rating and or review, we are always looking for more and more ways to hear from our listeners. You can find the links for today's guest in the show notes located at BeccaEpley.com.